listening to America's America's Web Radio. Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. He went to the auctions. He went to uh, oh, he went to the Moron Jackass auction, yeah. uh, the BJ auction. And Wait, it's, okay, is the one that was on TV yeah, last week? Is yeah. Moron Jackass? Yeah, uh, but they, so it is live or? Yeah, or? yeah and they yeah. saw the, the uh, Batmobile and uh, some good humor ice cream truck, and they had a great time out there. And they went to a cactus farm in the desert. And cactus farm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. That that ain't the kind of farm that I thought was uh, out there. Yeah, well, the, you know, that's a funny farm is what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it wasn't too funny. It doesn't make but any sense. Why would you grow cactus? What would you do with it? Who wouldn't want it? Well, sell it. They make tequila out of Yeah, that and you, really? sell it to, yeah. Uh, you sell it to nurseries for... Sure, and then people have cactus gardens at home. Really? Out yeah. in the wilderness? Yeah. Like I said, it's, 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 you know, Eastern time zone is the limit. And the further <laughs> west you go, the dumber they get. Uh, well, let me, wait, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it. Ron, I, I just, I love his travel logs. They are phenomenal, and, and I don't know how Stephanie puts up with them, but he just has a great time, and, uh, He's, yeah, got, that, he's yeah. got an old Lincoln Continental Coupe. Now, it's not real old. It's probably nine, late 90s. One of those neat aerodynamic, very nice-looking coupes. Yeah, LSC yeah. or something. I didn't know he had this. 24,000 miles on it. Gee. Yeah. And he can go from Phoenix to L.A. on a tank of gas. Like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I got a great report. They had a good time. He had five or six travel logs, and he also went to the Goodings. The, the yeah, I had a thing from Mr. Moskowitz. Um, they they said that R and M that because they're the ones that do most of the old cars. Right. Well, in Goodings, but Goodings is a British. Company. Yeah, they they um, uh, said that their sales were up ten percent over from the year before. Well, total. Wealthy people, they're putting their their money in, taking it out of the markets now, and, and putting it in objects. Something, up, yeah, something, that, something that has intrinsic value. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, you know, no, some no, of the prices no. that that you see, are they really yes. going to hold? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the only in the late '80s, Ferraris went through the roof, and then they took a little nosedive, and now. They're up in the stratosphere. I mean, eight million bucks for a short wheelbase Berlinetta, but thirty million dollars. Ah, it was like my wheelbase is long. Yeah, yeah, thirty quarter <laughs> lungos. Size matters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How can you keep it, David? Help. <laughs> no, the cars that have gone away are the muscle cars. They're the ones that have lost their luster as far as the market goes. Um, you, you, I agree with you, but uh, I saw some goofy, goofy stuff going on at Barrett Jackson. Yeah, but overall, the muscle cars are the ones because you know everybody that grew up in the that came of age in the '60s wanted wanted that stuff and uh, could had one, and now they want it back again, or they couldn't afford it. And most people that wanted that stuff 
have it in you now, and and so the interest is just because they got so stupid for a while. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. Every crappy Chevelle that the moron jackass auction was bringing a hundred thousand. Oh, come on! And I've said it a million times. I lived through that era. I had one. It was a. I had that GTO convertible in '69. It was a crappy car then. Now it's just an expensive, crappy car. And I can go buy a Hyundai Accent and blow its doors off. <laughs> Whoa. You can. Uh, that's quite a statement. But it's true. It's it's amazing. Um, I, I agree with you 100%. I was more into the sports cars back then than the muscle cars. But I had a lot of friends with them, enjoyed them, you know, uh, rode in them. Well, that was what, you know, over in Vietnam, at at the big base exchanges, the big ones, like um, the one at the air base in in Saigon, the the big one, Da Nang, um, the real big ones had, they had, Ford, Jim, and Chrysler had representatives there. You could buy a car when you were going home. That was smart. And you could pick it up, and you could it would be waiting for you. You could either get it at um, your hometown, or you could get it when you got, it depends on if you came into Seattle or it came into the other base in California, where you flew in. I came into SeaTac. Uh, but your car could be waiting there for you. Because, see, we had that bank... Um, it paid 10% compounded quarterly. And what are you going to do with your money over there? I mean, you have no use for it. I, you know, you, everybody kept like 20 bucks for a, a month. For beer. Yeah, for beer and if you smoked, cigarettes and, you know, other stuff. Yeah. Um, so that, that they did, and, and they had all the muscle cars there. Uh, and, I, and I told you the story before about the, I didn't have time for early out in Massachusetts, and outside the barracks, um, there were all the muscle cars lined up. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and Nick had his Hemi Cuda, Charlie had that 454, 475 horse Chevelle, I had the GTO, um, Gosh, I can't think of the guy's name. He had a red Mercury Cyclone. Yes. That was a fast car. It was. Very fast car. Nobody thinks about those. Uh, Norm Short had a Boss 302. Um, There was a bunch of that stuff outside the barracks. And and then when we got that kid from Philadelphia, Vinny Salandra, I always remember this guy. Picture perfectly. And the first question is, you know, where were you in country? And that second question, what kind of car did you buy? And he said, Toyota Corona. Oh, no! Nobody even knew what it was. Yeah. Oh, this is 69. Nobody knew what it was. And what the hell is that? Yes. So you go out and here's all the big, you know, all these muscle cars lined up in this little ugly white square thing. Yes. A child molester, a pervert, what the hell kind of, what's wrong with you? It'd be like buying an Austin America at the time. You know, nobody knew what they, I'd never heard of Toyota before. They just started to come in. Any numbers? Yeah. Toyota Pets came in before the, I don't know what that the is, Corona. Right? The Toyota Pet was the original sedan. Yeah, this was a little. I, I, I remember, and the guy I was working for at the time, 
didn't want to have anything to do with it, so he used car dealer up the well, street. Well, then he ended up with this girl who could have easily gotten a job at Hooters. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> David just came back. <laughs> and and that, was in the, that was in Massachusetts, and that was in the wintertime. And as soon as it became nice, I put the top down, and guess who had the Hooters, honey? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, not this radio show is... Who? <laughs> no, no, but that, that, that's part of the car culture stuff. Oh, I, I agree. Definitely. I that's, agree. I, when I was a kid, I, I had, well, I had a couple of bees and an alpha spider and horses being stirred. Well, I had that TC, but... Uh, I had a, a duetto, But that was, you know, like I said, if anybody doesn't know what it was like and wants to see what it was like, get the movie American Graffiti. There is, that's about as close as it can get. Yeah, I remember our discussion about Wolfman Jackal when we were going over the history (laughs) of rock and roll. Yeah. From El Paso, Texas, and then from Juarez. Yeah, we listened to Well, I was in Juarez. He was down, he was never there. No, he was no. He was in Louisiana, in New Orleans. Yeah, Louisiana, and sent them the tapes (laughs) because the Mexicans had no rules. Well, no, they bazillion watt. Two hundred fifty thousand watt station. Wolfman Jack. This is a Wolfman. He was funny. He was, yeah. Dick Biondi in Chicago at WLS mm-hmm. and uh, Cousin Brucey in New York yep. tomorrow. And there were a whole bunch of Yeah, there were some. Make, but, I mean, that that's the, was the 60s. That's yep. what it was. It yep. was, yep. you know. There'll never be another time like no, that. No, there won't be. And, and, uh, Which is too bad because it was... It was fun. You know, I can, I can just see all the Priuses sitting in front of Mel's Diner now. <laughs> leaving. Here they go. Huh? I can't hear you. <laughs> They're leaving. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, oh, you know. Oh, man, the A&W root beer stand and you go up well, there. Well, we all had that. Yeah, we all had those oh, kind yeah. of places. Yeah, that was. You know, we had that. Ray Kroc, who owned McDonald's, had a, a um, house at Chautauqua Institution. So we had a real early McDonald's. I mean, a real early one. One, there was no inside. In Jamestown? Yeah. Yeah, right on Chuck Lake. We had one of those in Iowa City. It was the first one down there. Yeah, and you you walked up. There was no place to sit. So in the summer, we went from that was the, that was one end of the, the, the drive, and then at the other end of the drive was the Colonial Whip with that soft serve ice cream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was, the, you know, that's what you did. You Very clean. Yeah. Yeah. We had it, yeah. You know, when, when the first McDonald's came to my hometown, you know, you'd, you'd get a Big Mac, and it was a pretty sizable. Have either of you seen or bought a Big Mac lately? It's like it's like finger food almost, you know? We didn't have Big Macs. Uh, we, I mean, it was... The most expensive, the most expensive thing on the McDonald's was the milkshake. They were twelve cents. Twelve cents. Twelve cents. The thing I remember was the fish. How old ago? How long ago? This was realer because Ray Kroc had had a Chautauqua Institution. Is it's a very interesting place. Sometime when you're 
when you're when you're farting around on the internet, look up Chautauqua Institution, and it goes way back. Don used to go there. Yeah, Don. yeah, That's yeah, yeah. The levitating chicken guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, they, it, it's it's a religious. Well, it started out that way, right. and and then it turned into culture, arts and arts and culture, and they have they it go. It's only open six weeks a year. Yeah, and Don used to go up there every summer. Yeah, spend the summers of yeah, spend the summer up there, and it's just really, really cool. But he had a Croc had a place up there. I think I told you a lot of the car people. Henry Ford had a place there. Edison had a place that, and and um, Studebaker built two identical houses for his two daughters side by side in the Chautauqua Institution. But it was a great place. I, I mean, it really was. So we had a very early McDonald's, long before 99% of the people even heard of McDonald's. But it was 12 cents. I remember the milkshakes were 12 cents. That was the most expensive thing there. We used to go to the Dairy Queen, and it was a nickel. Where did you park your horse? Your horse? Well, me, I, I hadn't heard of anything. How much was a sandwich if the... I think it was either... I think it was eight, eight cents. I think... I, I think it was eight cents, and and uh, or maybe they were ten, and the fries were eight cents, and a coke was like six cents. It was re- a nickel. It was really cheap. Well, it is now again. They've got all this dollar stuff. The value meals, yeah. yeah the bill, you go up. The that's enough. Interstate, and you see a, and, and maybe that's he's talking about the Big Macs for a buck. Yeah, and but you see, I, when I came up from Florida on seventy-five yesterday, I mean, it's just McDonald's billboard after McDonald's billboard all the way up seventy-five. What a great! It's a wonderful story. Yeah, well, it is. It is. And in Chicago, they have McDonald's One. It doesn't work anymore, but it's yeah. a museum now. Yeah, are we? Uh, well, we, gentlemen, yes, it's time to take a break, and uh, we'll be back right after something or the other. I tell you, I've I've got my head glued on backwards i think today this is a tough day for some reason we'll be back right after this are you into classic cars do you own a classic car if so you need to know jc taylor insurance the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance they own classic cars they support the industry and have the best prices bar none go to jctaylor.com get a quote and tell them you heard about them on radio sandy springs Did the light turn green and you're still sitting there? It might be time to take your car to Mr. Transmission and let the experts with over 45 years of experience check your transmission. Mr. Transmission of Sandy Springs is conveniently located between Steak and Shake and Sandy Springs Car Wash at 6569 Roswell Road. Look for the yellow and black Mr. Transmission sign or call 404-843-3379. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay. I don't like all the the unidentifiable things. uh, 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 We're we're talking, we're back on uh, diet and healthy things and Steve talking about grazing. Um, Before we wrap this show up in 45 minutes, I think we ought to talk about uh, cars cars (laughs) and car insurance on antique cars because... I just got my bill and uh, on because I had just wrapped it into the, all the other cars on the policy, and I think it's time for me to call J.C. Taylor. 
Yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah the, and practice what I, I, I preach. Several, I had several – somebody came up at the breakfast and was talking about their Corvette. And they had State Farm. And they they were talking about what the cost was, and it was like $1,800 a year for a uh, – I think it was a Stingray, or maybe it was a potato chip Corvette. I can't tell. I can't remember what it was. And then I I told him about J.C. Taylor, and and he called, and it was going to be $140-some dollars a year uh, agreed coverage, and that's zero deductible. Yeah, uh, all that stuff. Well, I all states hitting me eight hundred bucks a year on just one of the spiders, seven the seventy four, and that's just I I got to talk to them on Monday and and uh, get that resolved because it sits in the garage for six months out of well, the year. That that yeah, you're right, and 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 there's also another problem, and I'm not trying to pick on insurance companies, but there's a big problem with the main carriers, Allstate, State Farm, all of these ones that you, that, that you see. They aren't anti-car people. Right. If you have an accident with them, whether, you know, and it depends on, of course, if it's a no-fault state or whatever, uh, they're going to do everything they can to pay you the least. Sure. For example... We have a, a, a sort of a shirt tail relation to to uh, to Brenda. Had a thirty four Ford street rod sedan. Pretty pretty car. He had that kind of paint on it that changes colors when you look at it. Is that the blue one? We, we used? No, 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 this, no. But it had paint on. It had right. that paint that changes colors. Right. Yes. Ford used it for a couple three years. Outrageously expensive. Yes. A deer came out, run out, ran out in front of him, hit the deer. Messed up the hood, two front fenders, the grill, yeah, all that kind of stuff. And to fix that car, the paint, because you never get it to look quite right until it requires a lot of experimentation to get the blend to look like it was supposed to. But anyway, so it was going to be like. 12,000 bucks to fix the front of this car. They offered him 8 or 900 bucks. <laughs> okay. And they didn't care because yeah. they said, well, "We'll just get it painted blue." Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's why I'll, I'll call JC Taylor see, on Monday. But see that's they aren't car people and they don't get it. The right. the advantage to anti-car people or car insurers like JC Taylor, Haggerty, uh, is their car people. That's all yes. they do. Yes. That's what they do. They know what they're talking about. They know what you're talking about. And it's agreed value. So there's none of this, well, we're going to offer you five, you know, 20 cents on the dollar. No. they. If your car is valued at 100000 bucks, they're going to pay you $100,000. It's yes. as simple as that. Yeah. No questions asked. And I have never heard of anybody having a problem with the antique car people no i haven't either no, and, i've uh, never heard of, and i you know i've been around this stuff for a zillion years and i've never heard of one complaint yeah. because number one they know you've got a lot of time and effort and money in this car and it's going to live a better life than a lot of people do 
True. True. So, so uh, um, there is, and people talk about this, legitimately, there's supposed to be a mileage. What is it, like 2500 a year. Okay. okay. But in all the years that I've had anti-car insurance, I have yet to have them ask for mileage. Yeah. The reason well, I, they do that, they don't want you to use it. They don't want you to drive it as an everyday car. Right, right. But you, you, you don't drive your cars as everyday no, cars. No. So, in fact, your biggest problem is not driving them enough, isn't it? To yeah. Keep everything. Well, I, I try to get them out, but you know, in the wintertime, it gets a little cold. Oh yeah. Things. Uh, but but I would definitely, you know, anybody with a specialty car, and then they'll say, well, they don't do hot rods. Yes, they do. If you call them and you tr- you start talking about stuff to them and they don't know what you mean, at worst you're going to have to pay for an appraisal. For example, I would get a l- I would get calls and I still do every now and then calls from people. Most of what I did was an appraisal for car insurance. Mm-hmm. They would they you know, they they would they would value say a, a, and most of it was modified stuff. Because they know what a Model A is worth, and they know what a 47 Chevy is worth. I mean, that's stock. They have a pretty good idea. But with some of these people have all of this crazy hot rod stuff and this wild sheet metal work. And, and they oh, don't like know Bugsy with the, with the chop-channeled yeah. and yeah, section mercuries the and the lead sleds. Yeah, yeah the Carson they, Tops. They and, would want us to, to go and take a look at it. and and You know, some of that stuff is going for $150,000. Oh, yeah. The lead sled stuff is really popular. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I mean, the cars he has are, are just, you look at yes. them. And, yeah. They, uh, that uh, orange one he had at the breakfast the other day with the DeSoto grill and... Yeah, all that, oh, all the that French that, headlights, the metalwork in that car, all that fifty late fifty stuff. Yeah, the, the metalwork in that car though was just, and, and he shows up with these all the time. Yeah, he has two, three of them. Yeah, and it, and they're, sleds and, and they're beautiful. So is that Ron guy from up in um, Canton? Yeah, but Custom he, KKK. Oh yeah. Yeah, Custom Kemp's Club. Kemp. Kemp was an old old term for those custom cars you'll you'll see and it's k-e-m-p and you'll 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 that was what they called them back then why i have no idea it's not an acronym for something no just because they were just called kemp's hey man that's a that's a kemp car brother (laughs) okay (laughs) but uh, so they they call themselves it's custom kemp's of america okay neat yeah yeah, yeah. You'll see him referred to as Kemp's, the old chop top Mercury's with the Cadillac tail lights and all of this the silly stuff. Tail lights and yeah, the, the stuff that, that Joe Balin and George Barris and yeah. Valley Custom used to do. Yeah, that, like speaking of George Barris, did you see that? Did you watch the? I didn't see it go through. Four million, four point two million. He, yeah, George and Linda were there. Linda Vaughn pimping the car, and uh, Ron and Stephanie talked to him. They they had a good time with him and had their picture taken with him and everything. Well, Linda Vaughn was was could definitely. She's from Georgia. She, yeah, uh, yeah. And they're real. Shelby Shelby yeah. said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miss Hurst. Yes, Miss Golden Shifter. Yep, she used to she used to wear the super tight tight body suits and 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 had that and right it was a it was a a Plymouth. 
Plymouth convertible with that big shifter. Yeah. When I was that age, she could have shifted my knob, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <laughs> no, but really. Uh, let me say one thing about her. My understanding is that she is a very generous oh, yeah. person and takes care of a lot of children. You know, that yes, she's a nice person. And, and is we have a guy very that, supportive. that comes to the breakfast. Um and he was an old drag racer. And, and his wife always accused him, this was when, before they were, of having an affair with Linda Vaughn. And he brought in a whole bunch of pictures. He's, if my wife saw these, she'd kill me. But uh, old pictures of in, in the 50s and 60s of him in his, in his drag race car and, the, and Miss Hurst and all of this stuff. But, uh, yeah, he was he – was, uh, uh, yeah, he had a bunch of – his wife, he says she always hated Linda Vaughn. That, oh. I never even ever talk about it. Not to change the subject, but there was a video that was on Chicane. There's a website called Chicane. And uh, there's another website called Petrolicious. Both of those I, I really enjoy. And Chicane will send you an email. But they had a video of Nelson and Martin, which were the original rail jobs. Dode Martin built, they were down in Oceanside, California. And they, they built the rails. They built the stuff for Tommy Ivo and all those guys. And Jim Nelson just passed away, but Dode Martin's still alive. And there's a party every year at Dode Martin's house in Fallbrook. One of these years, I'm going to go to it. But I remember as a kid, that was the thing. Man, you had a Dragmaster chassis, and you were automatically the yeah. guy. And uh, they had a video of 58-59 when they were going to the Detroit Dragway. and That's that's where the Nationals were. Yeah, yeah and that's where I went, was the Detroit Dragway. And we used to go there, and then we had a, an outlaw, not an outlaw strip, but not an NHRA strip, an IHRA strip in Cordova, Illinois, where they'd show up. By the way, I went by uh, Garlitz's place. Oh, did you have you ever y- been yesterday. there before? No, I haven't stopped there. I, I, I it's want fun. to. It's fun. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, I know you've you've gone to it, and uh, it's it's kind of uh, well one you, of those shrines I'm going to stop at when I have time. When when. I was doing that 47 Ford with the flathead in it. No, the convertible or cabriolet. Yeah, Yeah. and I was in Nashville visiting one of the dealers, and I went down to the Nashville Hot Rod Shop. He'd been around. That place had been there since forever. Yeah. And the guy's name was Bob that owned it. I can't for the life of me think of his last name. But anyway, I was down there, and I asked him, do you got any old flathead stuff laying around? He said, if you'd have come a month ago, he said, I had all kinds of that crap laying around. And he said, Gartless came up, and I, said, I gave him all that old shit for his museums. I get hanging on the wall. Nobody wants it anymore. And I kept thinking, I said, I'll bet you had like a pair of Arden heads sitting here someplace. <laughs> yeah. and gave it to that. Gave it to Dino Don. <laughs> like yeah. he needed it, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, but the other one that's cool that has that stuff is, is that. I, I I've never been to a museum like it at Speedway. Speedway, Speedy Bill, Bill stuff. Yeah, Bill Smith. If you ever get up in the, the in, in that was Cedar Rapids. No, Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska. Take the time. I said we went through on a guided tour. 
four hours, and we only saw half. Yes, yes. And he's 206 years old, isn't he? I, yeah, it's either 206 or 403. <laughs> okay, one, one of the two. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he was the one that he actually uh, put the spinners on Ben-Hur's chariot. Did he? Yes, that That's was his great. design. That's great. Yeah, that was his design, yeah. yeah. And did he increase the horsepower? <laughs> yeah, he had, he had five instead of four. four. <laughs> the invisible one. The, uh, <laughs> gee, talking about... Uh, Old stuff, one of the swamp rats that Garlitz built, one of the early ones, I either was wrecked or burned up or both. And well, he just threw the rail up in the They cut rafters. in half and cut yeah. his foot in half. Yeah. The cut f- his firewall or the, the, the uh, flywheel blew up. Yeah. Clutch yeah. in the flywheel. And up. and after after that then he was the one that started the rear engine dragster revolution. And the scatter shields. Yep. That was the other yeah, thing. Yeah, cuz they didn't do it back to hell. No. When we get back, I'll tell you some of the stuff I used to do at the drag strip to well, cheat. Y- we well <laughs> I remember two things. One hydrazine when I was on the west coast. And that's that rocket fuel, and you pour about a half. Nitromethane. No, no, not nitro. This was hydrazine. That was rocket fuel. There was nitromethane. Yeah, but that couldn't have had a very high. It did. High octane. I mean, it it, it did. That's when they had to start strapping the heads down on the blocks because the heads and the blowers were going up. Go through the roof. Yeah, but my my point is, you you put a quart of that in, and. You go back, and that gallon can that was sitting there in the pits was huge. It it, it was so dangerous. Expand. Yeah, and they finally outlawed it. But you read some of these fuel blends that, that like, Mercedes ran before the war in World War Two. Yeah. In those All cars. exotic, and, weird, weird And stuff. Alfa Romeo with their two-stage superchargers and stuff like that. And those fuels were scary. I guess we're going to break again. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Did the light turn green and you're still sitting there? It might be time to take your car to Mr. Transmission and let the experts with over 45 years of experience check your transmission. Mr. Transmission of Sandy Springs is conveniently located between Steak and Shake and Sandy Springs Car Wash at 6569 Roswell Road. Look for the yellow and black Mr. Transmission sign or call 404-843-3379. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. All right, so now we're going to talk about yeah, Steve yeah, at dra- the drag yeah, strip. Dra- back in the drag strip. I belonged, when I was a kid, I belonged to a hot rod club. And it was called Der Cobblers, K-O-B-B-L-E-R-S. And it was a very famous hot rod club. We were the club of the month in Hot Rod Magazine on one issue. 
Wow. Yeah, we were, it was a very, very famous. In event. Jamestown. Uh, yes, I was the youngest member they ever took in. So, yeah, of course, that was all drag racing stuff. But uh, uh, we'd go to the, to the strip, and when you had an a, uh, uh, automatic, because an automatic is a- always faster than a standard ship. Nobody can shift as fast as an automatic. It's impossible. They just can't. You put the shift. You put the shift kits in it. That's why when when things like Hodges Dodges and all this stuff were running in super, it was SSA Super Stock Automatic. Mister Norm. Yep. Grand Spalding Dodge. Super Stock Automatics SSA. That was the hot class for, yep. for full body cars. But anyway, uh, so you you you'd constantly. We didn't have all this stuff back then. Uh, the, the modified torque converters, and you couldn't afford it even if you had if they were available. Yeah. I, you know the high stall. Yeah, they yeah. just didn't have it. So you just you, what, what we did, and most of us ran. You know, it was go off Chevy Ford, Chevy Ford. Most occasionally you'd find a Dodge guy, but that was kind of weird because the kids couldn't afford the stuff. It was too expensive. <clears throat> most everybody had Chevy, and then and then like I said, Ford stuff. But I so I had GM stuff. And what you would do is you take and bolt a six-cylinder torque converter to the to a V8 engine, and that poor torque converter <laughs> would heat up to about 28 million degrees. You could see them turn red as you were trying to launch off of the yeah. off of the line for this thing, and you know they blow up. Yeah, and we only. <laughs> What we did is we went to the Army surplus store and bought flak jackets. Yeah, and put them on the... And threw them over the hump of the transmission because you cut it out. So and 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 drill big holes in the floor so you could get all of the bolts. And we only put, you see, two starter bolts, one on top and one on the other side, and left the inspection pan off. Oh, so so four <laughs> bolts holding this. Oh, we were just we didn't know it. We were kids. We didn't yeah. have any idea. Yeah. And and uh we could we got so good at changing the torque converter in those transmissions, we could do it in about 20 minutes. Good heavens. Yeah, yeah. you know, cuz there was nothing there. I said it was only four bolts, the two starter bolts and the and and one on top and one on the other side. Well, no the bell housing. Yeah. You know, nothing. And and uh, the drive shaft um, so you were using a power glide torque. We were using the power glides, yeah. yeah. And well, they're still a, a wonderful transmission. Now, I don't know if Nelson is still doing it anymore, but I had a, I have a good friend that's been around for years, uh, Temple Transmissions. In Jackson, Mississippi. In Jackson. you met? Did you meet Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he used to do all of the big power glides for these big people. And the question he asked is, you know how much horsepower is your engine going to have, so he could set it up right. Yeah, the uh, the other thing I remember was the, when you ran a, a four speed. And of course, about the only one that would hold together was the M twenty two, the Rock Crusher, the, rock the, crusher, the, yeah. the Muncies. You never lifted the gas. No. You shoved the clutch in and just bang. And, and, oh. and if you're really good, you didn't just put the clutch in. No, no. The guys that re- <laughs> really knew what they were doing didn't use a clutch. I'll t- Don Yanko, yeah, Yanko, Yanko got yeah. yeah. It, I was with him one time, and he would drive a stick shift car to lunch, and never use the clutch. 
Yeah, and these guys were good at that. I mean, yeah. they just were. Yeah, they could get it into gear, but but the thing, and and then every once in a while, one of these guys would do it, and it wouldn't be right, and all of a sudden, clutch parts would be all over the yeah. drag strip. <laughs> It yeah, just, it's like it's like when it you're was, learning to double clutch when yeah. you when the old cars when you uh-huh. first start to drive. I mean that it didn't make sense to you until you started to drive a car with a with a no synchro transmission. Yep. Um, with this kind of stuff, but it was fun. Bad, and you run you you run what you brung, and you lied. There was. M- there were more lies at the drag strip than any other. More lies at a drag strip than in Congress. No, no, I, no, I, no, 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 no. On that's any the, given Sunday. No. Oh God, he's like, oh, I, no, it's all stock. It's a, I've got nothing in here. It's, it's, it's yeah. all. It's a, the way it came from the factory. All I did was take the air cleaner off. Oh, yeah. what a crock! Yeah. He fired up, <laughs> just like it came from the factory. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> My best was uh, 60, would have been 63, 64 that time when Chrysler decided to get into the drag racing. Yes, business. yes. Finner Tubbs in Lubbock, Texas decided, and it was probably his son that that pushed him over the top, but they decided they were going to be numero uno in the, in the drag racing business. And we had no strip. We had to go to Amarillo to the yes. uh, yeah. HRA. And they, I got one of the, I don't know whether how many dealerships did it or not, but um, Finner Tubb actually uh, hired a professional driver. They, they didn't want any... And this was, do you remember what the unique thing on a Chrysler was in automatic in uh, the push button? The push, push button, button yeah. yeah. they push button. And this yeah. guy was so cool. It's a wonder he hadn't been smoking a cigarette at the same time or something. Right hand flopped over the steering wheel, left hand on the button, and as the tree would light, I mean, and his, his coordination was just absolute. But he was... He made a cucumber look hot, you know. I mean, this guy was just <laughs> the coolest thing you've ever seen. And I, I'd go to the races, and and just to watch him. I, I've never seen a guy. You know how everybody else is driving, and they're all ready to do their thing, and you know they have. Well, that head. was you know, and then I, it, that was when they had a flagman. Yes. Oh yeah. Well. The, oh yeah. You'd it, stand, it, he'd stand in front though. of the tree. He'd point to number one. Point to number two. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the talking about super stock automatics and, and, and that Mr. Norm's Grand Spalding Dodge in Chicago was one of the big guys. And then I remember as a kid, Sox and Martin Sox coming and Martin, through yeah. and Dick Landy. Yeah. Landy was the Hemi guy. Yeah. Can't, he was, his, his, was, his was called the Candy-Matic. Yes. And the Candy-Matic. Uh, the, uh, then the dragsters and I'm trying to th- – Ed Pink – yeah, Ed Pink, Pink Rods. Yeah. He was an engine builder. And he still is. He's still in business. He sold his business, but uh, You know why they were called you know why they were called Pink Rods? No. Very few people do. I met him a couple times at nice the man. high performance uh, engine rebuilders thing that they used to do at Daytona. I don't even know if they do that anymore. But he came up with the idea the weak point, one of the weak points, especially of Chevy small block engines, were the connecting rods. Now, you got to remember that we're talking about the infancy of this stuff. 
we're talking a long time ago where where there was you didn't get a summit racing catalog because they didn't exist. No, it was it was Warshawski. Yeah, Warshawski, but they and didn't. J.C. Whitney, but they didn't have the the real good stuff like that. So he figured out that if you shot peened the connecting rods, it hardened them and made them stronger. Well, the story is that he was looking, trying to figure out so he could keep track of the ones that he had done. And all he found was some pink paint. So, being Ed Pink, he got a little brush, and when he finished one, he put on the bottom of the connecting rod a pink mark so he knew they were done so therefore they became the very famous pink rods very good yeah 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 interesting guy yeah yeah and, now, and who can i go tell that story to? huh now who can i go home and tell that story to your to? wife she'll be interested as could be i thought you were going to yeah. say he was the first one in breast cancer or something no yeah no. he he did the he did the susan coleman run in yeah. in in 8.6 seconds yeah, in 1960. <laughs> but but back then the cars I I used to I was I was a gearhead when I was unbelievably little and and looking at hot rod magazines and rod and custom and car craft at school I always had it inside my textbook. <laughs> Everybody else was reading about Andrew Jackson. Ah, hell with that guy. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at this stuff, and and uh, sad part is I can see him doing it. You know. Oh, I believe him. I yeah. believe him. And, yeah. and uh, um, I had stacks of old car magazines, and I gave them all to Reggie at at Boyle's because he's really into that. What am I doing? But things and the articles in it. These are from the fifties. Will anybody ever break the hundred mile an hour barrier in a quarter mile? Yeah. yeah. My favorite one was a Hot Rod magazine when Chrysler came out with the alternators in the like fifty seven, fifty eight, and guys started using them. And there was I remember this article today: alternators, a fad or here to stay. <laughs> I said, that was such a great, great stuff, you know. Yeah. And Hot Rod Magazine was Hot Rod Mag. There was, was none of this stuff. It no, was about it was going a real fast. thing. Yeah, yeah now, going fast. Yeah, and uh, good lord, they they ran a Bonneville. They ran at Daytona on the for for top speed runs. They get cars from the manufacturers, Plymouths and Chryslers and stuff like that. Yeah, and now the other. The other place, did you read that hot? Did you, you start that book? That big, that big hot history of hot rod. Book? I own that. I I had forgotten that. I meant to tell you this. I gave it to Pete to read because oh. I have a copy of it. I'd oh. forgotten it. Oh. See what happens when you get old and feeble. I know. Yes, John. If I could just find that MG book I, I, uh, that you gave me, I swear you gave it to me, uh, and I I don't know what I did with it, oh, but no. it was about. Dick Brooks, so it was a guy named Brooks back before World War II that he was involved with the cream cracker cars, you know. The, I don't know. The tan and brown MG yeah, the brown, midgets. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah the, the, but I don't know what happened to the book, but it was a great book. Or but, Dick uh, Jacobs. Maybe it was Dick Jacobs. I don't yeah, anyway, so. But it was fun back then, you know. Oh, it that, was, yeah. Yeah, to, uh, yeah uh, that Hot Rod book. I got a long time ago. Where'd you find that? I, it was in my my stack of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I gave it to Pete. 
to oh, read because I realized it. I meant to tell you that, and I'm sorry I, I forgot. And I still have the other magazines that were in there. I got to finish. I got a pile. I, when I'm traveling now, I just. But it, you know, but it, it was interesting back then because it was, it was stuff you did at home. There were few speed, speed shop people that made stuff, but you couldn't afford it anyway. Yeah. Uh, like you were talking about J.C. Whitney and Washarsky. That the thing I remember is the log intake manifold. That you had to weld together yourself, and you could put four, six, or eight carburetors. Yeah, and most nail heads, most Buick yeah. engines had them. Yeah, yeah. yeah that you, 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 it was a round. It was a stupid looking man. It was like yeah. a, something you'd go to Home Depot. I'll have, I'll have three feet of that. I'll yeah, PVC, <laughs> and now it's P, you could make it out of PVC. Yeah, the, and you uh, made your own. You made your own and curve spring kits to make your distributor work faster. Yep, all that kind of stuff. Yep, and it was it was fun. Yeah, and, and how to port and polish your own cylinder heads. Roger Huntington was that name sounds familiar. yeah. He was one of the first engineers that really wrote books that made sense. Yeah, but you know you run what you brung, and the kids in school and half of them would think they were souping them up, and they'd run slower. Yeah, they didn't, we know what we were doing. We had no idea. We would do the stupidest stuff. Yeah. Uh, I had a good friend of mine. His dad had a Pontiac three eighty nine. We're going to break, and then we're going to go back uh, we're gonna to the take a short break. And yeah. I want to talk about the legal stuff in this state. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. All right, so we're we're going to talk about a 389 Pontiac, and then we got to talk about some legal stuff. With a four-barrel on it, it was the 62-square one with the the little pointy beak in the front. Yeah, cart. Was that a carter? We were going to go out and, and, um, and, and be cruising one night. So I told Dick, I said, here's here's what we need to do. We need to take the air cleaner off and put it in the trunk. And I said how stupid we were. He was he was a year or two older than I was. And and uh, rich in the carburetor mixture up so we can unscrew all of those we thought those I thought those two screws on that four barrel were, were gonna make it all go much faster. See, I had no idea. <laughs> I had this thing so screwed up by the time we brought him his father could get it started the next day. <laughs> oh was he pissed. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he we we used to pull up when the guys would play with that stuff and uh the motor would be sitting there, and obviously they'd messed with the idle screws and stuff. And we'd look over and say, hey, is your choke stuck? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but you could uh, you could fix it easy. It was nothing to fix it either. Uh, but you said no. Yeah. yeah. We had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, and, and advanced the timing. All it took was a half-inch wrench and a screwdriver, and you had 17,000 horsepower. Yeah, and, and you hold the piston because you advanced it too far. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's just what we did. But anyway. All right, let's talk about yeah, uh, House Bill 80. Yeah. In this state, as we mentioned last week, 
there is a big push by the by the the our illustrious state legislature to make people in this state when they sell a car that's old between private parties to pay sales tax on. We have not had to do that. We had ad valorem tax. Well, they're doing away with the ad valorem tax March 1st. And the bill that is going through the Georgia State Legislature, <clears throat> excuse me, is HB 80. HB 80 says that when you go to register the car after I'm selling it to you, they, you will have to pay sales tax at a fair market value. So remember, it's HB 80. Now, here's the kicker. It's so inconsistent. Who's going to determine fair market yeah, value? Yeah, if you sell me the Maxwell, how are they going to figure that one out? Well, <clears throat> I don't know, and that's the problem. That's the problem. Is it going to be the person at the DMV who doesn't can't identify a Honda Accord from a Hummer? Well, how about what, what's the Maxwell in 06? Nine. No, nine Maxwell. How about they can't tell the difference they between that? They used to that? use the old price guide. Yeah, uh, old car price guide. Yeah, yeah, that's what they used to use and pick everything at number one. <laughs> <clears throat> that's why we fought them the first time. So that that's the big point of this is we're trying to get them to keep the car. Keep, we'd like them to keep the legislation as it is. We're all, all cars 25 years old and older or untitled vehicles in this state are <clears throat> valued at $100. And you pay your sales tax on $100. Now, I, I, I will concede that, that that is a little on the low side. I, it is. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll concede that. Well, especially when you want to sell your V sixteen Cadillac one off, yeah. with the Sucic yeah, body. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I but but I I I think that we can fairly and we're here's the problem that we're having. We 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 need to come to some kind of a a standardized number in this state. Um, but we're trying to get Mike Teese is sort of spearheading this this time. And he's trying to get a meeting with the, this guy Price and some other guy who co-sponsored this bill. And they ran it through at 5 o'clock at the last day of the legislature. So they have no idea. This is a Nancy Pelosi law. You have to pass it so you know what's in it. Yeah, so you can read it. Yeah, so you yeah. can read it. Yeah, anyway, so if you are from the state of Georgia, write, write your local senator and your local representative and have them do everything they can to defeat this. Now not only is is it that part is bad, but the other part is in this state if you can contest this and it may go to court, it's going to cost the government more to defend this idiotic law than it than they'll ever put in their pocket from it. Yeah, well, I, I agree. Because everybody I know, plus here's the other thing that's floating around and, and this state, and we can do some serious damage, if, if, whether you know it or not or if you're not from the state. Georgia has a big movie business. I'm a huge Oh, movie here business. in Atlanta, there's a yes. ton of movies. St yeah, yeah, they made all the time. Yeah. Well, they all want cars of the period. 
Well, uh, the 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 thing is, uh, there's a big big movement, underground movement going on, that if they don't do something logically logical with this bill, uh, the hobby people are saying, "Gee, I'm sorry, I'd like to, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be gone to the proctologist that week." Yeah, and screw them. Yeah, because I remember Tannenbaum put his two Osmobiles. I've in, been in a couple uh, ones. You've been in it, yeah. But but we can. There are ways for us to 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 get back at this, and and they're going to lose a lot. What about people getting married and want an old car for their? So I mean, there are ways to get back at them for their stupidity. Yeah. And and it is stupid. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody would argue if instead of. Of, of fair market value if they would have put reasonable. Yeah. If they would have put reasonable. All I had to do is make it reasonable. So I sell you, like the lady that owns Streetside Classic, she said she had, I think it was either 12 or 15 Mustangs. I right. can't remember them. Right. 60, 65s. Any of them valued from just a 12,000 to f- over 40,000. So I buy the twelve thousand dollar one. I have to pay sales tax. I'm on a because because some moron at the license plate office said that <laughs> you bought the yeah, you have to pay yeah, tax on yeah. The so 40, I have to pay 000. tax on forty thousand, or sure. I buy the forty thousand one and I have to pay tax on twelve thousand. So so it's just dumb. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Well, so we either buy that square inch of land in Florida and, exactly. and take up residence. So if you, if, if you are a, a Georgia resident, remember, it's House Bill 80, HB 80. Uh, get a hold of your local guys and tell them, uh, at minimum, we want to get down there now and explain to uh, these people. You ought to take the whole breakfast club, that Tuesday club, all 150 guys well, down there. Yeah, but the problem is half of them would croak by the time we got there. Oh, are they that old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have, a, we have an ambulance that sits outside of there at a time. Yeah. Right how, how many caregivers come with them? <laughs> <laughs> but we did have on Tuesday a girl came, a, a guy, a girl in this guy's neighborhood in high school came. Really nice young girl, really cute little girl too. Um, graduating and wants to get into automotive restoration. Wow! And they and he told her that you know who I was and that she came and I and I met her and we talked and we talked about McPherson College and the ACA scholarships and uh, and and the college at Penn State and all of this kind of stuff and how to get into it because she couldn't find any information on how to get. Who, what, where, and how wow. uh, on this stuff? Yeah, and even after all the work you've done in the AAC, well, you know, but it's a and and she doesn't want to get in mechanical, and she said, "What part would you recommend?" She says, "I, I really don't do because you know nuts and bolts are nuts and bolts." You know. Yeah. I said, "If if you want to get in a guaranteed place where you're going to make a lot of money, um, do interiors and leather." You will be so busy, you will what? not ever see the light of day. Yeah, was Bert Litton there? Did she talk to him? I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, Bert's the, probably the best guy in, in town. Well, 
Anyway, uh, but she's young and she really wants to get get into it, and yeah. uh, it's kind of it, kind of nice to to see that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's it's unusual to see it. And but they let they they uh, uh, she she missed a morning school to come to the old fart breakfast and talk to me about good uh, getting in the car hobby. Good, I'd have done that in high school too if I if they. <laughs> well, she wants to seriously get into it, and 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 I told her I said you know it's fine, but take business classes as well because so, yeah. at some point you're going to want to run and it may be sooner than you think if you do leather and interior you're going to want to run your own business and you need most businesses fail if these kids and you've seen it millions of mechanics oh i'm going to open my own shop sure you are how long do they last yeah. six months yeah they call them one holers yeah they because yeah. they don't they don't know what they're doing and no. they don't know how to do the business end yeah, no, I agree. And then they all end up owning radio stations. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're smarter than that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, one, one quick question. Back Uh-oh. To the, uh, Uh-oh. Back to the old uh, Georgia thing. Do you know or has anybody taken the time to find out if any of the legislators are into the classic car? Well, that's what I talked to Mike. When we did it last time, you know the story about Tom Murphy and all this other stuff. Uh, I know. I heard a lot of stories about him. But but uh, uh, I, I, that's what I told Mike. He's spearheading this thing. I said, get a hold of the bios of these people. And if you're looking for a lobbyist, if you get all of the registered lobbyists, they'll have a bio, too, online. And you can probably find, out of all of those people... The honorable lobbyists that they all are. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Uh, you'll probably find one that has an interest in this and will probably take up your cause for nothing because it's going to affect him. That's what we did. We found a guy, his last name was O'Brien or something like that, uh, that helped us at no charge. Uh, good. So there are references out there. No, I don't know honestly if there is one or not. The only way they'd get in the old car hobbies is if somebody gave them one. Yeah. <laughs> Under the table. Okay, well, with that being said, folks, uh, this has been your disaster brought to you by. Uh, anyway, all by myself. I've screwed up. I could mess up a wet dream, you know. Uh-oh. But anyway, Uh-oh. we'll uh, be back. Most some of us are messy. Yes. Uh, some, uh, some of us will be back next week. Right? Right. All of us will be here. All of us will be here. Okay. Well, and then I start week. my – then the road show starts. Yeah, yeah. So All right. I'll be winging it for a week, and then I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. Well, say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye, goodbye Jim. Jim. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll be back. <laughs>